Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's officially February. Happy February to one and all. And Boris Johnson is still, still, still Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. So my January pick, my January prediction is now in the toilet. In the words, Public Enemies Chuck D, bring the noise. Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you have all had a good week in the circumstances. I love how slow politics is sometimes. Obviously, you know, not for you know progression and doing things, but I, I just I just enjoy the slow burn of it all. Sometimes it's just like it just watching politics go on a day to day basis and watching fuck all happen is so fascinating to me. It's like it's, it's the most inefficient thing. You could say politics, right, is, pro- is like the most important thing for a, nas- for a nation, right? The most important sector, right? But it's also the most least progressive and the slowest in terms of progression. It's, it fascinates the hell out of me. I just, I, I just don't get it. I, I, I just don't get how... Like, they, they just take so long doing everything. It's so funny. So, as, as I record today on a Wednesday, second of, uh, two of the two of 2022, two, 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 two. <laughs> I love, I love it. That's I, 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 my favorite day ever. Two, 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 two. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. On, on this day, as I record, um, two, funny enough, two, two more. Um, <laughs> Well, let's see how these times I can say two and just force it into this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, so two Tory MPs have like uh, f- uh, filled out like a, a no confidence thingy, um, and if they get to a certain number, they can all like you know trigger a vote and potentially kick them out. Which is what I'm hoping, what I've been hoping for the past like three weeks, and it's taken this long. You know, have to wait on the report, have to wait on the inquiry, this and this and this, constantly kicking the can down the fucking road. Right, it's so fascinating to me how how they word it with a with a heavy heart. It was with a heavy heart. It was with deep sadness, bro. Your dog. You're not killing your dog. You're not euthanizing your dog because it's got a bum leg. Okay, you're you're not you're not doing something that's genuinely heartbreaking. You will sleep as soon as Boris is out. You will sleep good that night. Trust me, you will sleep fine. You will not lose sleep over it because I fucking. It's damn for damn sure these people don't lose sleep about killing uh, people because of a uh, because because of lack of insulation in homes, which is a legit thing, by the way, um, in the UK anyway. I'm not sure about other countries, but you know that's that's the thing. Child poverty, they don't lose sleep over any of this shit. So you, you expect me for deep sadness to, for you to go into a deep depression over kicking your PM out? Give me a break. Do me a fucking favor and stop stop chatting shit. Just fill out the fucking letter. Just say I want him out. Boom. Move on. Like, just be efficient with it. I don't get why these people are so inefficient. But anyway, past that, let's get that. Now I've got that round out of the way. Let's get into the show. Uh, got for, um, well, obviously, four topics. Uh, got history, film and TV, music and sports. Um, near near enough what a usual, uh, what a classic uh, WG episode is supposed to be. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some fun ones, some depressing ones, but you know some important ones as well as always. So uh, let's jump right in. Before we begin, formalities. Before we begin, email to ig discord link all that all that all that in the full show notes. Please go peep the articles for yourself, give them a read, and support the writers that make this show possible. And with that said, let the beat drop, and let's get into the show. In a week where Rafael Nadal wins the Australian Open, taking his major tally to a record-breaking 21, I don't—I just don't know why I don't care anymore about tennis. I, I just—you I, know, seeing like three dudes like you know break records um, constantly every time they win a major um, should be should be gas, right? 
And I heard like the 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 particular match he won against uh, Medvedev was um, you know extremely you know amazing comeback. But I just can't. I just suddenly I just stopped caring about tennis. It's really weird. For, really weird. I just don't know why. I just don't care anymore. Um, it's 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 cool, and you know their records. I just I, I don't know, man. I just I just, I just don't. I just stop caring. Uh, Manchester United's Mason Greenwood is accused of rape and assault, which we'll be talking about in the final segment. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals will face LA Rams in the Super Bowl, um, which is uh, well, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's fascinating because um, I I did this obviously in a week where a couple of days before the show, and uh, there's recently been a, a kind of like a a lawsuit, class action lawsuit uh, by a black uh, head coach, uh, former black head coach, former. A, f- a black former head coach, were that right? Uh, Brian Flores, who um, basically, you know, just accused the NFL race of institutional racism, um, which is which is you know fact, but obviously not smoking gun fact, not not court of law fact. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to that'll be fun to talk about, and as the as the NFL in my mind uh, continues to be a cesspool. Uh, Sue Gray finally drops the party gate report. Of course, um, yeah, that was fun. Didn't do fuck all, but fine. Um, hopefully the full one will make a difference. Probably not. Um, and lastly, Sony acquires Bungie for three point six billion dollars. So let's get into the show, and we start with uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Spotify in general. Um, and yeah, this is an article I found, uh, finally independent uh, by. IO Dodds, it's, it literally has or low Dodds. I don't know if that's a lower. It's not a lowercase L. Um, it's an IO IO Dodds, um, in San Francisco and Louise Boyle. Um, this is called Inside Spotify's Love Affair with Joe Rogan's Misinformation. He can do what he likes. Um, that's literally how the article starts. Um, so let's get into it with a quote saying, "You can say whatever you want. We're on Spotify." Those were Joe Rogan's words of reassurance to a podcast guest when she paused to joke that, uh, that she would be arrested for what she said next. Uh, quote, like YouTube's not going to pull it. Uh, he went on prom- prompting her laughter. We're in a weird realm, unquote. The remarks made during Rogan's interview with Canadian anti-transgender writer Megan Murphy last August reflects a difficult path for the world's largest music streaming platform. As it's music, by the way, music, side note, music platform. Just want to throw that out there. Um, as it seeks to extend its dominance and becomes a media company in its own right. Under heavy political pressure, tech giants like Facebook, uh, YouTube and Twitter have increased efforts to tackle misinformation on their platforms during the pandemic, tightening their rules and hiring third-party fact-checkers, albeit with limited success. Audio streaming platforms like Spotify have so far escaped a similar level of scrutiny, but, with, but the Swedish-based public company is now being forced. Uh, to grapple with questions of its responsibility over misinformation and pseudoscience as it makes exclusive multi-million dollar deals with popular podcasters. Its flagship, its flagship grab is undoubtedly the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, Spotify's number one podcast, whose colourful and freewheeling host was paid a reported £100 million pound, dollars, sorry, uh, in early 2020 for exclusive rights to the show. This week, Rogan once again proved the tricky balancing act for, uh, for Spotify. In a four-hour interview broadcast on Tuesday, he gave the self-help author and anti-feminist mystic Dr. Jordan Peterson a platform to claim uh, without evidence that climate science has no basis in reality and that solar power kills more people than nuclear. Uh, it's the latest, latest example of Rogan and his guests appearing to have free reign to spread false claims and conspiracy theories which in the past have spanned topics from the coronavirus vaccine and Dr. Fauci to transgender people. In some instances, Rogan's words appears to break with what Spotify has, publicly say, uh, has said publicly about COVID-19 misinformation. Uh, the streaming service has previously told news outlets that it bans, uh, quote, false or dangerous deceptive content about COVID-19, which may cause on, on offline harm and or pose a direct threat to public health, unquote. He also claims to have removed over 20,000 podcast episodes related to COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. Yet no misinformation misinformation policy is listed in Spotify's user guidelines or or in summaries of prohibited content on the company website. Spotify did not respond to a list of questions from the independents seeking clarity on its policies surrounding misinformation. Spotify has a hate speech policy on its website, banning content that, quote, expressly and principally principally promotes, advocates, or incites hatred or violence, unquote, against people based on characteristics such as race, sex, and sexual orientation. 
Quote, Rogan has shown time and time again that he will misinform his audience on Spotify and won't, won't face any repercussions for doing so, says Alex pa- uh, Patterson, uh, a senior researcher with the left-wing campaign group Media Matters for America who listened to over 300 hours of the podcast in 2021. Spotify's complete failure to mitigate Rogan's harmful rhetoric about the pandemic uh, demonstrates clearly uh, that when it comes to uh, their top podcast host, the state of policy is just a hollow PR strategy, unquote. And they're right, right? I mean, like, it li- the article literally just said it. Like, they have policy, and they've deleted podcast episodes, specifically, they've deleted postca- podcast episodes, but they don't delete Joe Rogan podcast episodes. Why? Because it's Joe Rogan. So, clearly, there's a one, uh, funny enough, in the same way as the Tory government, there's one rule for us, and another rule for Joe Rogan, and by extension, Tory by of my of my analogy, it's, it's just amazing. It's glorious. A um, little bit of detail on just who Rogan is: a uh, stand-up comedian, combat sports commentator, who Spotify is most his podcaster in both 2020 and 2021. Uh, before his deal with the company, he had estimated 11 million downloads per episode, per episode. Although that figure likely includes some more make downloads that were never listened to, according to chart metrics and vibrates to an analytics companies. His audience is mostly young men aged 18 to 35 in English-speaking countries. Yeah, don't they? You don't, really? Really? God, I thought it was... I, I, I thought his, his, his show had a had a diverse audience. Uh, how outstanding. Um, I'm going to skip the... I'm going to skip the um, article a little bit because um, he goes in... The, the, the article goes into just talking about uh, what Peterson was saying. Um, actually, let's get into that. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, quote, climate is... Oh, actually, <clears throat> okay. So if you if you if you, if you don't if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, it's gonna it's gonna come off as weird. But um, trust me, this if you if you listen to this and then go peep some Jordan Peterson talking, um, you're gonna you're gonna completely understand why I'm doing this. In, why am I doing it in this particular particular accent? <clears throat> Climate is about everything. Okay, says Doctor Peterson on the episode. But your models aren't based on everything. Your models are based on a set number of variables. So that means you've reduced the variables, which are everything to that set. Well, how did you decide which set of variables to include in the equation if it's about everything? Because your models do not and cannot model everything. Unquote. <laughs> I felt re- really hard to do consistently just to keep up. I, I, I could have gotten the inflections there, but... It's too bad to on on just I, I did that on the on the fly. That was, that was good. I, I appreciate myself for that. Pick up myself. Um, should I do more? Let's do more. Uh, ask what he means. <laughs> At one point, Rogan acknowledges that his guests went on these rants, uh, but continues the conversation on climate change. Dr. Peterson then alleges, with a zero factual basis, that quote: "More people die every day from solar energy than die from nuclear." Uh, Asked what he means, Dr. Peterson laughs and says, No, you fall off the roof when you're installing it. Gravity! He describes this as a good example of unintended consequences. Unquote. Uh, Dr. Peterson's claims are widely panned as climate denial, wackadoo, and completely wrong. John Cook, uh, John Cook who studies uh, climate change denial narratives at the Monash Climate Change Communication Research Hub in Melbourne, Australia, uh, told The Independent that they were, quote, very old, debunked arguments that I've seen a million times over the last decade and a half. Dr. Cook added, uh, he talks as if he's saying something insightful, uh, but it's a complete misunderstanding of how science works. Oh, Dr. Peterson did not respond to requests to comment uh, to the independent. Oh, funny enough. Did not see that coming. Um, so there's also um, a bit about um, uh, Neil Young, and obviously this is kind of kind of the crux of why I'm talking about this as well. Um, obviously, uh, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and I think another another few artists have, uh, um, have basically asked for their music to be pulled off Spotify into excuse me, in terms of just like, you know, um, make, taking a stand against, you know, Joe Rogan, um, and Spotify as a, as a, as a general thing, um, you know, and honestly, I'm, I'm leaning towards doing the same thing, like, uh, it's, it's, I feel morally and ethically, it's just, uh, it's just a bit jarring, and as a podcaster, you know, like, it's, it's, it kind of pisses me off that, you know, they get similar to politics, like, you know, why should, why should I have to, you know, well, I abide by, you know, just moral rules of just not being a dickhead, right? Of just like, you know, leaving trans people be, 
letting them live their lives. I got no beef. It's fine. I'm cool with it. It's fine. No beef. Um, you know, homosexuality, any of that, LGBTQ, any of that. It's fine. I don't care. I, you know, I sometimes talk about it on this on this show, right? Um, in terms of uh, what was it? What was the what was the one I talked about a while back? Uh, well, literally, literally a couple of weeks ago, talking about that open democracy. Um. Uh, article um, about the police bill and how they're using uh, you know Romani gypsies and the LGBTQ community right to you know and and washing away some a couple of um, a couple of convictions so they can push through the bill right I've talked about that before right so you know I'm fine with that I feel like I'm on the right side of history on all that right but if I wanted to say hate speech which I wouldn't right I couldn't do that because Spotify has guidelines towards that. But then when somebody's guest on Joe Rogan experienced them, does it, then oh, it's fine. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. So I don't I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Um so yeah, there's a bit about um uh, Neil Young and uh, the actual founder Daniel Eck talks about it and uh, I can't be fucked to talk about that dude. Um there's also a good bit here about um audio misinformation. Um this is actually kind of fascinating. Let me read this bit. Until recently, misinformation on Spotify has flown under the radar compared to the social networks uh, such as Facebook, Dr. Cook says. One reason is because audio content is more difficult to search through and scrutinize compared to the short snippets of, te- of text often tied to a URL found on other platforms. Um and that's a really fascinating point about it. Um, you know, sometimes I listen to music and I completely in some bars, you know, sometimes go over my head, right? You're just listening to it and you, know, you maybe listen to it passively. Um, but then when you, you know, listen to it again and focus on the lyrics or read the lyrics on like Genius or whatever, um, you gather that, oh shit, they're talking about anti-vax. And you know, I've been hit with that a couple of times over the past year and I'm just like, fuck, why is he, oh, damn it. Fuck, why, why are you talking about that shit, bro? Like, what, what is your problem? Um, and you know, and obviously my my respect for them um, as artists um, kind of just take a di- take a nosedive there at that point as soon as I know it. But that's hard to clock, right? There's no algorithm for that, you know. It's just everyone talks in different, um, you know, everyone talks different phonetically. People rap phonetically different from how they speak. So how can you gather that? Um, you'd have to literally listen to the tracks and listen to the podcasts in order to. Um, and also gauge what they're talking about and subject matter. So, um, yeah, that that kind of comes off as a near impossibility. And I, uh, I do I do wonder how they're going to tackle that. Um, it's easy doing it for Facebook and Twitter because you see it, read it, and you're just like, okay, that's wrong. Um, but you know, for podcasts and music, you have to actually listen to it and focus and uh, and what they say. Uh, there's another bit here saying uh, why Spotify needs Joe Rogan. And uh, that's, that's 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 a fascinating subheading all in itself. Just the fact that you know they 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 really tied themselves to this dude, and and there was another bit. There's a, a passing frame, uh, a passing line um, that I mentioned earlier, um, saying it kind of the, the the article said like it wanted to become a media company overall, which I kind of find interesting thinking about it. How Spotify turns into would potentially turn into a music not just a music platform a music streaming platform but actually a media company and that kind of fascinates me because if they actually really want to do that then they're gonna have to clean the shit up they really have to clean the shit up uh, and i don't think they will i don't think i don't think they can um you know like i said that's really stringent to listen to stuff and just go like okay that's misinformation that's misinformation that's questionable that's questionable uh, it's hard to do that you know it's hard for people to do it on uh you know I mean, even for like something like a uh, prime minister's questions, right? Keep linking this to politics for some reason, but you know when you watch that, and that's like um however long you watch it, right? And then you can go about it and break it down and say this is misinformation, this is information. You know, shout out to full fact. They do that every time. Um, you know, Boris Johnson lied four times today. Literally, factually lied four times today. Um, on P and Q. So it's in some ways in that way it's kind of easy because it's a condensed thing and you can watch it and whatever but you know listening to someone's discography and like clocking uh you know andy vax bars or listening to a four-hour joe rogan experience fucking episode it's a bit harder so um i don't envy anybody who has to do that have that job but um yeah uh i'm gonna talk about this probably on the ditd as well uh, we're doing a bites episode next week, so um, if you want to go peep that, we'll um, have a. <laughs> if you want an Australian man uh, shouting at you about Joe Rogan and Spotify, then that's the podcast for you. Um, <laughs> so if you want to get into that, um, I'll probably uh, dive more into that uh, Joe Rogan and Spotify um, on D- Digging Digits. Uh, if you if you want to go peep, it's in the full show notes. 
and uh, we'll talk about that next Tuesday. So uh, if you want to tune into that, go and tune into that. But for now, let's move on to the next topic. Let's get into this next segment, which is history, and uh, this is one of those moments where I just feel like, damn, like I've, I've, they, they didn't teach this shit, man. They swept this under the rug, and it's annoying. It really is annoying learning about this stuff. So, so not late into life, but you know, just you know, just learn this stuff now. It's, it's silly. I feel like it should be common knowledge, right? This number should be common knowledge. A hundred thousand, uh, ten thousand, sorry. Um, that's what the number of uh, at least the number of people of African descent who are uh, actually in murdered in the Holocaust. Um, so this is an article by The Voice, uh, written by Lester Holloway. Uh, it's called Hitler's Forgotten Victims. It's uh, John Prime. Uh, black survivors of the Nazi Holocaust are demanding the real story of Hitler's Germany is uh, the real story of Hitler's Germany is told. Their story is largely untold. Uh, their battle for compensation mostly fruitless. Thousands of African descent perished in Nazis' concentration camps. Many survivors have died in, uh, died of old age, their place in history forgotten. Uh, this reporter spoke exclusively to two Afro-Germans, both in their 80s, who revealed their extraordinary story of living under an ever-present fear of death. One was imprisoned in a Nazi death camp, the other became a member of the Hitler Youth who wore a swastika on his sweater until his ma- mother snipped it off. Uh, they both suffered at the hands of a terrifying fascist, fascist regime. Quote, I feared for my life every day, said Theodore Michael, uh, who has fought for recognition of Hitler's black victims. And as a side note, this is very fascinating considering the um, the recent quotes from Whoopi Goldberg about the Holocaust. Um, I think that happened the other day. Um, so, yeah, very poignant time. And obviously, the uh, I think it's Holocaust uh, Remembrance last week, if I remember correctly. So, obviously, um, part, of the, part of the reason why this is happening now, uh, why we're learning about this now. Uh, the emotional scars of his imprisonment rem- uh, imprisonment remain. Uh, even today, he said mournfully, remembering his friends and neighbours who perished. Now living in Cologne, uh, he says uh, luck played a part in his survival, but it's clear he perfected the art of avoiding the authorities. Hitler slaughtered between 10,000 and 25,000 black people, a fraction of the number of Jews killed, but undoubtedly an important part of history. Black Germans were subjected to medical experiments, mass sterilization drives, and thrown in concentration camps. In 1930s Germany, blacks faced a daily struggle to stay alive. One of them even joined the Hitler Youth ranks. Hans Jürgen Massakoy, uh, the son of a top Liberian diplomat, was raised in Hamburg, miles from other Afro Germans in the Rhineland region near Berlin. He said he just wanted to fit in. Quote, There's, there was tremendous pressure to join the Hitler Jugend. Hitler Jugend? Um, all my classmates joined the Hitler Youth Movement. I wanted to be part of everything, but I didn't, uh, did not know what I became part of. As the only kid with brown skin, I had no place to hide. The Jews had a Star of David on their clothes, but my very appearance signaled, signaled me out. From the moment the Nazis came to power, they categorized Aryans and non-Aryans. I soon found out I was a non-Aryan, unquote. Grandson of the Liberian consul uh, general to Hamburg, Massacoy knew his colour prevented him attending high school. As Jews lost their jobs and homes, facing ever higher levels of hatred, Massacoy was repeatedly warned he would be next. He recalled the frequent SS SS marches (coughs) and Hitler youth uh, processions, but his first awakening to the real nature of uh, Nazism uh, came when, as an eight-year-old boy, he experienced a violent race attack. Both Michael and Massacoy learned to keep a low profile, to come to uh, the authorities' attention, uh, spelt uh, almost certain death. Uh, Michael said, quote, I didn't cross the street uh, through a red light. If you get to, into the middle of the system, you die. I did nothing to get attention in no way, either positive or negative, unquote. When his grandfather achieved from Cameroon, Michael tried to flee from Germany, but like thousands of others, his roots in Germany's former African colonies, closed off all escape routes. Britain and France's decision to deny refuge to Afro-Germans on the grounds that they or their family, descended from a country uh, once ruled by Germany, is an outrage, Michael said. Quote, All those people who had passports of, other con- uh, of another country left Germany, but we couldn't leave because there was no country to take us. We were stateless. 
United Kingdom closed off opportunities for Africans from, from former German colonies to escape. No one wanted this. It was a trap. Yes, uh, we were trapped in Germany. It cost a lot of lives. That's a fascinating fact for you, isn't it? It's a fascinating fact of how, you know, there's a, there's plenty of people that, you know, Britain took in as um, as uh, refugees of war. Um, I remember there was a... I remember there was a Guardian article around their time of uh, around their time of anniversary where they were highly uh, active in that uh, posting up in their newspaper at that time um, of people just um, needing refuge and uh, you know and then people responding to the newspaper going like hey we'll we'll take them in um, so yeah but life for Germans apparently interesting. Um, as the war turned against Hitler and the final solution began uh, with uh, mass concentration camps, Afro-Germans were stripped of their papers, seen in their fate of thousands. Uh, Michael endured years of hard, forced hard labour, uh, working around the clock at munitions factory before being liberated by the Russians as the war ended. He is grateful he was not uh, sent confined uh, a more notorious concentration camp like Auschwitz and was still alive when uh, set free after Germany's defeat in 45. Today, ironically, the absence of material proof that black people suffered under the Nazis has made the fight for restitution harder. Michael said, quote, If you came as a Jew, that was clear. As a German black person, it was not so easy that they understood the situation. Mostly they didn't know uh, that people of colour were persecuted, unquote. While billions of dollars have been paid to Jewish victims, the majority of black victims' families have received nothing. A high level of scepticism about their persecution is made worse by the virtual absence of their story from the books on the Nazi era, and Holocaust museums around the world. African-American historian professor Clarence Luzane, uh, Lusain, I'm saying Lusain, uh, who authored Hitler's Black Victims, commented, quote, a lot of people who should qualify for conversation are in their 90s and are now just passing away. It seems unlikely that there's going to be a big turnaround. There's little knowledge about what happens after Germans outside of Germany. To have this big gap in history is unacceptable. We have to correct the historic record so the next generation will get a broader vi- version of what happened. It should be seen as an important part of history. We can't deal with things today unless we know what happened in the past, unquote. A recent survey by the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust underlined the level of ignorance about mass murder under the Nazis. Massacoy left Germany in 1948 and emigrated to the United States, where he became a journalist, rising to managing editor of Ebony magazine for it before his retirement in 97. He went on to live in Florida. Uh, he was forced to escape his New Orleans house uh, last year when... Uh, uh, last when struck Hurricane Katrina, the last last house last year when Hurricane Katrina was in '06. I don't know the okay. The word in that was weird. Uh, Hollywood star uh, Whoopi Goldberg was bowled over by Massacoy's biography, Destined to Witness. That's so ironic, isn't it? The Whoopi Goldberg's in this article. <laughs> so this was written in 27th of January, by the way. So that's just that's just fascinating how she's she's featured in this article. <laughs> And then, and then, uh, and then is uh, and then it gets in hot water about it. All. Oh, that's crazy. Um, uh, how 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 small the world is. Um, yeah, uh, brought film rights to the book. She brought film rights to the book. Fascinating. Uh, but the ghost actress uh, struggled unsuccessfully for seven years to find Tinseltown. Tinseltown back is a weird word, and uh, has vented her frustration at Hollywood executives who said the story lacks a hook. Last year was made to German TV called. I hate, I hate, I hate reading German. Uh, Nager, Nager, Sean Steifen, Nager, Sean, Sean Nager, Nager, Sean A painful German insult, which translate as Negro, Negro chimney sweep. Okay, I could have just read that, but. Why not? Um, Hitler's desire to get back, uh, to get back the. African colonies Germany lost at Versailles Treaty as part of World War One settlement saw the Nazis make a series of propaganda films showing Germans as the best rulers. Michael found employment as an actor in these movies, which may have helped him avoid death. Despite German racism towards black people, they had a taste for black performing artists, so the ability to sing or dance gave a better chance of survival. Jazz played by African Americans was a favourite, and the Nazis' jazz band in 1940 only drove the music underground. There is even evidence of black jazz bands entertaining concentration camp guards who uh, like to unwind after a day of brutality and murder. Several African-American musicians who made their living in Germany were apprehended by Nazi authorities, uh, like Valida Snow, who was held at the Westerfengel 
concentration camp. Some, uh, some like a trumpeter, Arthur Briggs, uh, were forced to entertain guards before being sent back to St. Denis uh, internment camp. John William, a survivor from uh, the Ivory Coast, I don't want to say the French version, Côte d'Ivoire, uh, was a singer who also performed in Nazi camps but also suffered terrible beatings by guards. The battle for recognition of Hitler's black victims have been going on for many years, yet their stories receive little attention. The question today is whether the last living black Germans will see international awareness rise when they are still alive, while they are still alive. Germany was running uh, death camps long before Adolf Hitler, Nazis, and the Nazis came to power. Their brutal suppression of the Herero people of Namibia uh, at the turn of the last century, in many ways, appeared like a dress rehearsal for what followed in Europe decades later. Germans put down a rebellion in the East African co- in the East African colony with such ferocity that they came close to exterminating a whole tribe. The sort of the Herero between 1904 and 1907 was overseen by Army Lieutenant Lothar von, von Trotha, who ordered that every Herero, whether armed or unarmed, with or without cattle, will be shot. In just three short years, around 60,000 Herero were killed, leaving just 15k alive. Officially, the German concentration camps in Namibia had a mortality rate of 45%. Many camps also saw medical experiments, another forerunner to 1930s Germany, when Nazis snatched black families at night, taking them to hospitals for experiments in an attempt to prove their theories of racial superiority. Eugen Fischer, the father of eugenics, um, uh, is it Eugen then, if it's eugenics? It's probably Eugen. Um, carried out extensive uh, work in southwest African colonies between during this period, including Namibia. Two decades later, the case of the so-called Rhineland Bastards shows that hostility towards black people was rising in Germany before Hitler came to power. After Germany lost the First World War, the Allies stationed hundreds of African troops in a defeated nation, many of them from French colonies. German resentment against occupation took the form of a campaign of hate against these black troops and the hundred or so mixed-race children they fathered. Objective historical sources shows that the working-class German uh, women were often the ones to make sexual advances, yet the German media whipped up a popular frenzy with tales about rape. Uh, where have we heard that before? Um, despite any hard evidence, uh, despite hardly any evidence of sexual aggression by black troops, the controversy took place in the pre-Nazi Weimar era, led to mass sterilization drives. Germany uh, sterilized most of the Rhineland bastard children. Okay. So that was it um, in its entirety. And I wanted to, and for this, I, I, I kind of went over in terms of time, but um, I wanted to read that all because um, this is some articles I don't feel like I have, I have an obligation not to skip, you know, and um, that's definitely one of them. <sighs> um, uh, it's actually funny enough, um, I recently read a book um, called How Europe Undeveloped Africa, so a book by Walter Rodney. Um, it was actually published 50 years ago yesterday, as I record. Um, I literally finished the audiobook a couple of days ago. Um, I didn't realise that um, it was 50 years, and obviously makes sense now. And when I started the book, I didn't realise it, it was published in 72. I thought it was a recent book. But it was kind of fascinating reading about reading it. And, uh, you know, very compelling, um, you know, just facts and um, stories and, you know, and research in general. Um, but even with that, there's just so much, like, just unknown. There's so much unknown uh, in just even recent history, and uh, it's it's super, it's super jarring. It's it's so jarring to think about, to know that you know I I'm not I'm not making I'm not gonna you know say like make make the argument that oh you know well actually you know, I'm not I'm gonna, not even gonna bother say it I'm not even gonna bother saying it but this is erased history at this point like the fact that this this is so little known and i had to i caught this you know just offhand on twitter is just wrong it is it's wrong i think it's wrong to 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 catch important history like this it off offhand on twitter just you know idly scrolling by and just seeing it i'm just like just, just in the macro sense is just silly it is absurd um so yeah i'll leave it at that i have nothing else to say on that front no nothing pip no pithy outro on that but um, yeah it's um it's just one it's just another it's just another piece of history that um is not known enough
hop in a film or TV, and this is something kind of light. Like, you know, hop, depends how you want to look at it, but I, I just find it amusing to, to think of it. I just find it hilarious. Um, so this is by Vincent Nee, uh, China Affairs correspondent for The Guardian. It's called Fight Club Gets a New Ending in China and the Authorities Win. You can't make this up. You, you just can't. It's of all the films. <laughs> of all the films. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, so let's just jump right because this is absolutely great. Uh, if you haven't heard this story, that you're you're in for a ride. At the end of David Fincher's 1999 cult classic Fight Club, uh, Edward Norton character Edward Norton's character, the narrator, kills off his imaginary alter ego Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt. Oh, spoiler alert! By the way, if you ever seen a film from '99, and then watches as multiple films uh, and multiple buildings explode. The imagery cuts to the heart of the film's message. A plan to bring down modern civilization is underway. Over 20 years on, this anarchist, anti-capitalist message has been given new makeover with Chinese characteristics. In the recent, in the version newly available on streaming platform Tencent Video, the narrator still kills off Durden, but the exploding building scene is replaced with a black screen and a coda. Quote, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. <laughs> it adds that Tyler... A figment of the narrator's imagination was sent to a lunatic asylum for psychological treatment and was later discharged. I love it. So let me let me just read the whole thing here. Um, it's it's uh, it's uh, via a tweet. Uh, for, though the through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals. Successfully prevented the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to lunatic asylum, receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. <laughs> gosh i fucking love it like it's just so like oh gosh i find it i don't know i just find it otherworldly of how like china just acts sometimes just like bro like <laughs> i literally made up a, like a whole other ending it's crazy i love it it's just it's it's doolally but i fucking love it the change was noticed over the weekend by fans in china where the american film is now available through stream platform tencent video Immediately confused viewers who have seen the original version who took the internet to complain about it. Quote, This is too outrageous, one commented on Tencent Video. Fire Club on Tencent Video tells us that they don't just don't just delete scenes, but add to the plot too. One user complained on China's social media platform Weibo. Oh, don't say that. Don't don't say all that. Your social credit might go down. Um, I'd rather see Tencent pull this film. What are you propagating uh, here is not positive energy. Why are you trying to achieve by changing? What are you trying to achieve by changing the ending? Uh, remarked another disappointed viewer on Dubin. Uh, it is not clear. Can I say this? Like, I know. I know it's social media, right? And you know, there's some form of freedom, but you know, you can't search Tiananmen Square in, in on on Chinese social media. So and Chinese internet. So how how much can they you know complain? You know what I mean? Is there like a they have like two complaints a week? I'm being glib. I know, I'm probably being rude, but I, I just, you know, I have to know. Uh, it's not clear whether the government censors had ordered the alternative ending. Really? It's not clear? Okay. Um, or if the original movie's producers made the changes on their own. Tencent did not comment on the matter. Censorship is not a new practice in China. Yeah, don't say. And cultural pro- uh, products are often used as tools to promote societal values. The extent of the content, uh, content moderation in particular when it comes to foreign imports can sometimes be severe. Quote, the new Chinese version of Fight Club puts power back into the hands of the police and implies an ideal closure in the line in line with the Chinese state discourse in which symbiotic relationship between the police and the state is a given, uh, said Dr. Hao Weing, uh, who teaches Chinese film and media at the University of Westminster. Oh, that'd be a fascinating course. Um, quote, <clears throat> another quote, this treatment is commonplace in many Chinese television dramas and films, which represent crime and violence, he added. Uh, gosh. See, this is fascinating, right? Because <clears throat> I find I find it weird. I find America and China just so fascinating, just as entities, right? Because, you know, you watch American TV, right? And let's just say you're watching Cops, right? You you, you know what Cops is, you know, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Right? And you see Cops arresting people, right? And they're drug dealers, whatever. Duh, 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 duh. Right? And it's always, always big enough the police, right? And then you have stuff like Bad Boys, which, you know, is in some ways copaganda, right? And But it's, you know, kind of, it's cool, right? And then you what, and then you think of, like, 
Chinese and obviously they just said you know it's connected between state and police and they're very connected and they support they basically you know support each other in that front right so how do they depict the police is it just overtly positive where it's just because you know sometimes on sometimes as given a little bit of credit minor bit of credit to like American TV and film sometimes they you know sometimes they uh, kind of give the opinion that uh, American police are trash, right? And you know, oh, you're you're not doing the right thing. I'm going on my own. I'm going to be a loose cannon investigator, right? Um, and you know, fuck the police, kind of thing. Um, and sometimes you get anti-police films, but that's rare. Um, but obviously, you know, most most of them is very subtle in terms of like you know, um, in terms of that. So I just wonder how how police is it just overtly positive? It's just like the authorities win every time. It's just all, all police, all Chinese police films are just like super gangster and just like, uh, yeah, badass policemen always get the job done kind of thing. It's like a cartoon when it's like the good person always wins. Anyway, just, just a thought, I wonder. Uh, is, it po- is it more positive than uh, how, you know, the US do it? Because the US love to, love to jack off to some authority. Um, anyway, where was I at? Uh, yes, this treatment is commonplace. Many Chinese, Chinese television films and films uh, which represent crime and violence. Ironically, the force with the cens- uh, force with which censorship is imposed uh, stems from a Chinese historical fear of social instability and their pre uh, pre I can't say a word. Presupposition. There you go. A threat to the state's quote unquote. Campaigns to cultivate an ideal relationship between culture, the market, and population have been ongoing in China for a number of years. Uh, campaigns. Wow. Uh, last December, China's President Xi Jinping urge uh, Chinese artists to strengthen their cultural confidence and contribute to a socialist cultural power. Uh, And on Tuesday, the Cyberspace Administration of China announced it was launching a month-long clean, quote-unquote, clean web campaign to create a, quote-unquote, civilised and healthy atmosphere online over the Lunar New Year holiday. Such an effort has had a profound impact on how Western uh, producers and distributors behave in China's gigantic consumer market over the years. Hollywood studios, for example, often release alternative cuts in the hopes of clearing Beijing censorship uh, hurdles and gaining access to millions of Chinese viewers. In 2019, multiple fo- uh, scenes in the film Bohemian Rhapsody, referencing uh, iconic musician Freddie Mercury's sexuality, a pivotal part of his biography, were dropped in the China in China release. Um, and I'm glad they ended on that because that's the main thing that kind of pisses me off about China. It's just like how this is this is, is I know right I know the biopics are just not. And not a great arena for telling stories truthfully. I get it, right? But come on, man. Everyone knows Freddie Mercury is gay. If you're not going to put on your film that he's gay, then what's the fucking point of watching it? Honestly. Seriously. What is the point? I, I, don't, I, just, I don't like censored shit. And I don't like switched up shit. I don't get it. I really don't. If you're not going to give me the full beans of what the artists and what the crew... You know, and what the director, what the actor wanted to do with it, what the producer wanted to do with it. If you're not going to give me the full beans of what they wanted artistically, of their artistic vision, then don't fucking show it to me at all. Just don't bother. Do not bother. This is a message if the UK ever goes to that level of authoritarianism. Like, if if you give me a film in, and you censor it, then I, I don't want it. I don't care. I, I just don't want it. I'm not going to get into it. not going to bother. It's like watching. It's like it's like a it's like it's like an app with ads. If if it has ads, just, uh, just and if if it stops me, like if you play a game, right? You know how every game, every single game, it's free to play now, has ads, right? Mate, sometimes it sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes most of the time it's just not worth it. I I I don't play I, I don't play games that have ads on it. I ha- I play two games anyway, but um, you know that's besides the point. I I just. I just I hate it. I hate playing games with ads on it that stop you from playing. Like when it you know uh, stops you for like thirty seconds to watch this bullshit game that everyone's seen and everyone plays, but uh, somehow I don't get it. I don't why I don't know why people play those kind of games, but you know it's one of those quick ones, uh, and I just don't get it. Don't care. I just don't care, and it puts me off. It really puts me off the whole experience. Like if you're gonna stop me from doing that, if you're gonna stop me from doing what I initially downloaded the whole thing for for 30 seconds and just like completely take me out of the vibe then eh, I don't care anymore I just don't care and it's the same with film it's the same with art in a more just overt way if you're gonna clean if you're gonna cleanse it if you're gonna clean it up for the sake of cultural unity uh, then I don't want it 
I don't want it, and I don't think you should have it. Like, honestly, like uh, I, I feel, I feel like you know, capitalism does this where like they just bend over for China and just go like, oh, oh yeah, we want those millions of viewers, we want those millions of viewers. Um, how about they just you know go somewhere else and just go watch it, just go on holiday and go watch it instead. Do that. I, I, you know, expand your horizons, Chinese people. Um, if there's any Chinese people that listen, I highly doubt <laughs> that any Chinese people listen. Um, but yeah, point made. Um, absolute laugh, absolutely hilarious. Uh, but I low key, when that said, I low key want someone to do a spec script on like what would happen. Uh, or on just on just taking that on taking that Chinese uh 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 secondary ending, alternative ending, and go off that. Just start when just start when Tyler or the narrator um leaves the leaves the hospital in twenty twelve. And just and see, just try and try and try and uh, brainstorm where he where he goes next and what happens. I, I'd like to see that, like a little short film. Why not? That'll be kind of fun, and and get Edward Norton on it. That'll be that'll be kind of interesting. I would actually enjoy watching that and just seeing what people would think, uh, pe- what people would uh, do about that if they if they were given that uh, idea and that prompt. That'll be fascinating. So we finish on sports, and uh, this is all about um, Mason Greenwood. Well, not all about, but it's, um, it's an overall commentary um, based off the recent news about Mason Greenwood. Um, and it's called Mason Greenwood, Harriet Robson, and a World Designed to Protect the Salters. This is by Sarthak Dev um, via Football Paradise. Let's jump right in. I'm a man, and just reading detailed reports on physical abuse makes me sick. I cannot begin to imagine what, what it must be like for women who live in physical danger every day to go through such stories. Well, it must be like throwing, uh, knowing the law will look at them with doubt, ask them to recount gory details and look for holes in their story. If by any chance they aim something, an influ- influential person, Lord save them, because even the law won't have enough strength to meet the financial muscle of the accused. In light of the video and audio clips published by Harriet Robson, implicating Mason Greenwood of physical assault and rape, uh, Manchester United statement reads, quote, We are aware of the images and allegations circulating on social media. We will not make any further comment until the facts have been established. Manchester United do not condone violence of any kind, unquote. This isn't new territory for Manchester United. Their star player and constant presence on social media channels and team leader Cristiano Ronaldo has a pretty compelling case waiting against him in the United States. The world was different in 2009 and Cristiano's case uh, got neatly brushed under the carpet and everyone moved on. The scrutiny that social media, uh, social media's uh, reach brings will force. Sorry, let me say that again. The scrutiny that social media's reach brings. Oh, that's a jarring sentence. Uh, will for, ma- force Manchester United and Greenwood to address this publicly, which is the, the least they do, uh, they should do. But the bar is underground at this point. Men's football is rapidly protective of their own. There will be enough barriers between Greenwood and the full wrath of sexual assault law. Benjamin Mendy endured a long uh, period under the radar until it became a police case in England, where he is employed. Make no mistake, Manchester United will try everything to find a way out for Greenwood. Even if he's not an A-lister, Greenwood Greenwood has enough uh, and more influence to wiggle out of this without too much harm. Maybe a quick suspension or a few months out. I am speculating, but the direction is based on past behaviour. Penguins will learn to land a double backflip before a billion dollar industry... Looks at his participants with objective eyes. That's an amazing. That's an amazing line. Uh, that caught me off guard. That was great. A Manchester United player, especially from their academy, is too precious. The only problem Greenwood faces is that he isn't influential enough to be completely, excuse me, insulated from the repercussions of his behaviour. Cristiano was a Ballon d'Or Champions League winner, um, and the world record signing at Real Madrid when he met Catherine uh, Mayorga in Las Vegas. Greenwood is an upcoming star lurking somewhere near the plane of his true potential. If an example was made out of him, it would be only it would only be because he is at a disposable place within the ecosystem. Adam Johnson was arrested by Durham Police on 2015 in 2015 on account of sexual activity with an underage girl. He initially pleaded not guilty, post which Sunderland uh, played him for 28 games over the following year without ever forcing him to prove his innocence. 
Sunderland suspended him only in 2016 when he finally pleaded guilty upon facing irrefutable evidence. Harriet Robson probably did not record herself the first time Mason Greenwood abused her, as she felt the need to click on the red dot points uh, towards an expectation of such an event. It is the most disturbing audio clip for anyone with a functioning brain of three grams of empathy to hear. The video she posted directly imply assault. It is unreal that the that this needs to be said by a man that too, but opening by a man that too, interesting, uh, but opening up about rape and uh, physical abuse in public is not a hobby for women. They gain nothing from it. Instead, they expose themselves to a vulnerable position where every average Joe will question their motive, timing, and sincerity. Uh, some will call physical abuse a mistake. Some others will point towards the lack of incriminating evidence. Do we see Mason Greenwood assaulting Robson? Uh, this is the pocket where elite sport repeatedly loses its conscience. Inside a justice system designed to protect the accused, innocence should be proven with as much rigour as guilt. Greenwood may be innocent. It is far likelier that Robson has not winningly hurt herself to accuse him out of thin air. I am tired, sorry, I'm tired of talking about rape, and I don't even know what the thought of it feels like. Harry Robson and Catherine Mayorga, like most other women, probably do. Some time ago, I would have said football football deserves better than Mason Greenwood, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Benjamin Mendy. It absolutely doesn't. At the highest level, it is like most popular sports designed for the exploitation of power. Kobe Bryant, OJ Simpson, Cristiano Ronaldo, Greenwood, if he is found guilty, will be a mere footnote in the history of crime and abuse in sport. There is very little anyone can do about it. And he's right. Um, you know, he is. Um, you know, even, even when... Um, even, and essentially, he says Kobe Bryant um, in there. I'm, I'm glad you said that because there, there's always that notion um that some people um you know don't feel feel that you know they feel the need to mention it right they they feel the me feel the need to mention colorado and and that's fine right that's fine that's that's in with within their right to 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 mention it every time they talk about kobe bryant because it happened okay um, you can, it's fine, you can also, you can, you can easily talk about his career, and also talk about Colorado, you can talk about Cristiano Ronaldo, and also talk about Las Vegas, even though that's not a case that has been locked up yet, right, um, you can still talk about it, but there's some people that just, um, refuse, and, and just, uh, they just do this thing where they just put the blinders on, and it's just like, yeah, but he's like a great. He's like he's like really good at what he does, and obviously that's not how they say it. But it's basically what they're saying. It's just like, it's like, what are you trying to achieve here? Like, like what what do you, do you do you think that people aren't? Do you think sports people are perfect? Because they're not. Um, I, we've had this. Um, well, I haven't had this uh, conversation, but you know, there's been this conversation about um the uh baseball or hall of fame in america right and um they had um two uh well two especially two but um, obviously plenty more people uh barry bonds and roger clemens who were kind of like spearheads of the um of the ped uh, era um of the of the steroid era of what they call it in the in the major in major league baseball right and they have uh, they've had uh, ten years of eligibility of um, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and their tenth year was this year, and they were not given it because people, I, I, well, not specifically, but you know, partly at least because they 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 were caught taking PEDs. But at the same time, the Baseball Hall of Fame has racist, misogynists, you know, from all the way back in the day. Um, and that's fine, right? Because it's history. Now the problem is, guys, it's not about um, it's not about not not. The point of this is not to to, uh, to not to uh, uh, wipe the entire history of this person of what, and what he did, right? There's no way in hell that you can wipe the entire history of Cristiano Ronaldo, right, and his footballing career. 
There is no way in hell you can do that with Kobe Bryant. There is no way in hell you can do that with OJ Simpson. Okay? There is no way you can do that with many people that commit crimes, but also just so happens to be very good at a certain sport. Okay? It's fine to laud a person for their sporting prowess. And if people want to mention that they did something bad, that they did a crime, right? That we all gather that is a crime. Sexual assault is a crime. We can all agree on that. Yes, we can all agree on that. Let's not litigate, okay? Let's not do that, okay? You can say accused of it. If it never goes anywhere, you can say he's accused of it, right? If if if, if this doesn't go anywhere with Greenwood, you can say he was accused of it. If you if you do an epitaph of Mason Greenwood after he has a a glittering 20-year career after this particular moment in his life, right? If he goes and has 15 years of absolute dominance and takes Manchester United to the top of the world for the next 15 years, right? And then he dies in his old age, and you and you see an epitaph, you see a statue outside Old Trafford of Mason Greenwood doing a knee slide, and you see at the bottom that he may have been, that he was at one point accused of sexual assault. Fine. Fine, because that's what history is, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly the point of why black Germans in the Holocaust needs to be needs to be added to the history. Taking away uh, <laughs> taking away a whole sports a whole sports person's career just because they did something bad is illogical. It is. It's illogical. Okay. It's silly and it's a bit childish, to be honest. Like erasing someone's whole career just because they did something bad is not not the way to go about it. It's frankly childish. Okay, so what you do is that you acknowledge it and then move on. That's all. Simple. It's it's so it's it's really really simple. And you know whether Mason Greenwood goes to jail or not. Um. You know, we'll say well. Well, either way, it will say a lot, and this case will probably say a lot about uh, how we treat sports people and uh, and you know, general in general elites, right? Because let's be real, they're elites, okay? Monetarily, they're elites, right? There's no shame in saying that they're elites, right? Um, so <sighs> even if he if he, if he does or doesn't. Um, this is something to uh, note. Don't have to make it the first thing to talk about, right? But then again, there is this thing that people d- that they do on social media, the news sites especially do on social media, where they like uh, say this person's been accused of this, and it's like, and then it goes like uh, Greenwood, who has had twelve goals and t- tennis. It's like, why are you talking about stats, bro? Like, what, what, what? Is the fact that he's not a player for Manchester United enough? Like, you have to talk about his stats. What's his XG? Like what the fuck? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I hate when I, I hate when newspaper uh, when when publications do that. It pisses me off to no end. Like it doesn't. Like I don't need their stats for this year. Like imagine that Kobe Bryant has been accused of rape in Colorado. Kobe Bryant, who's been uh thirty th- uh, 30, uh, thirty points per game this season. Like whoa 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 no no we don't care. The fact is he's on the Lakers is enough. You don't need all of that other stuff. You don't need his stats for that year. I hate when publications do that. That's a side note, but fuck. It pissed, that, that, bit, that bit especially just pissed me off. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know what you're trying to get out of that. But yeah, for the people that try and litigate, just stop. Just stop. Because you, you, you're you riding a tightrope that just comes off it just comes off really weird. Like it comes off a bit sus, and it's a it's a bit of a red flag. It's a bit of a self-report, to be honest. Like, oh, you, oh I, I don't see any evidence. Did you did you see him hit her? Like, bro, let's not do that. Okay, let's not let's not do that. Let's not play that game, please. If you try and play that game, just stop talking, please. I beg you, just just for your own sake, you sound like a twat. Plain and simple. Um, and uh, yeah, lastly, believe women. Yeah, put it simple. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth End Podcast Network, I'm Charlie Taylor, and it's been what's good. Your music has been too much by Vanilla. You can find his link at full show notes. As is a chill records or chill music for the ability to use the track, you'll find their link in the full show notes. 
Thanks and happy hire for the ability to use Charismatic for the instant you can also find his link in the full show. However, that said, I hope you all have a good week. I shall always try and do the same, but until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.